Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you're connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Carr. How are you doing, Jim? Jason, I'm well, thank you. Thank and you we're, we're in a little like mobile studio here. We're actually at Zenger's Industrial Supply today. We are. Yeah, we're not I, at our normal. My team loves when we record here and I come here you because... you come back with goodies, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to walk out the door and they're like, oh, we need files. Oh, we need WD-40. And you and just it, spent like 500 bucks yeah, on I just new spent fans, like 500, right? Yeah, but... <laughs> I'm like, I saw that. I was in a good mood today. So I'm like, yeah, I'll take one of those and one of those and one of those and deliver it in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. You must be making money then. You know, if uh, you're things spending, are good. You know, buying new fans and all that other kind of good stuff. Yeah. We don't need to sharpen our end mills anymore. We'll just buy new ones. Just buy a new ones. Just don't worry about it. Just throw it in the carbide coffee can bucket for recycling. My shop is air conditioned, but, you know, it's been really You got to move the air around. Yeah, I mean, even if you air condition your shop, it still helps to you know Move get the, the air. air moving around, yeah. and you know that way it's not just all sitting in the cold air is in one spot and the hot air is in another spot. It's kind of funny, like you know. So just a little, if you really want to know something about fans, so a little fan technique. Oh no, is the, this a fan tip? <laughs> fan tip for me. <laughs> well, because I sell fans, I you know I got to know a little bit about it. So tell me, educate me. Those ro- and, and the, the metalworking nation, right? And the metalworking nation. So those rotating fans, the ones that go back and forth. You know what I'm talking about? Awesome. Oscillating. Oscillating. Thank oscillating you. I should fan. know that word. Yes. Uh, an oscillating fan. Uh-huh. So oscillating fans typically are not as effective for lowering the heat very well. It's better if you set the fans up in a strategic manner in order to move the air in like kind of a circular fashion around the plant as opposed to just having that oscillating no motion. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I would never have known that. Yeah. There's some strategy associated with moving air around as opposed to using oscillating is really not well, your, that's a your good best tip thing. for the summer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good tip. And there's probably a lot of shops within the metalworking nation that are not air conditioned, so they probably need to know that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So if, and if you want some more technicalities on it, I'm happy to answer your emails. Yes, that's Jason at makingchips.com, not me. So Jim, tell me, do you get a little apprehensive before you're ready to cut that PO for over a quarter of a million dollars for a new machine tool? Of course I do. Any capital investment is a big deal. Buying new technology is pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. We've talked about that many times. And and I'm always a little apprehensive about taking a loan out because you never know when the next recession's around the corner. Mm-hmm. If the bottom falls out, you still got to pay your bill. I don't want to fall out. Right. You still got to so, pay that bill. I don't want to have to even think about coming up with a big payment on a machine tool but you know it's all ryan, risk. Would, it, ryan would have to fire you if he that happened. Have, he's ready to fire me now but i'm sure, uh, he, is. <laughs> I'm sure he gets sick of you sometimes yeah <laughs> they're working very hard in my shop lately and i can see it but we're ready to take a company field trip soon so i'll let you know how that goes but anyway of course i'm a little apprehensive to sign off on new capital equipment it's but it's all risk versus reward, I guess. And lately, some of the risk we've been taking has been paying off. And likewise for you, right? Oh, absolutely. I just I actually signed a PO or signed a contract for well over a quarter of a million dollars for a new ERP system. Yep. So you got to do it. You got to push yourself. I mean, we could talk about that a little bit later. Oh, but, you know, yes. I actually have, and I mentioned this before on Making Chips, I actually have a client and I, I'd love to give him on the show. He's been apprehensive about that. But he actually has a sales strategy associated with buying new machine tools. And he actually, his machine tools are more like a million dollars plus. Like he does big jobs. So his milling machines are big. You do big mill work too. His is even bigger. Mm -hmm. But anyway, part of his sales strategy is that he, he will buy a machine tool every 
so often he's got a cycle he goes through in order to push himself from a sales perspective, in order to bring in the sales, like you said before, push himself outside of his comfort zone in order to bring those sales in to justify that that purchase. I so, have a feeling we're going to be talking about machining in this episode. You are right. I know. We are. We're going to I, I, I felt the lead in. I, I feel like I'm, well, Jason's going to interview me today. So <laughs> that's I'm good. I'm going to ask you some questions. So, yeah. I, I yeah hope, so hopefully I've got the right answers. Yeah. So in this episode of Mega Chips, we're going to discuss the reason that you chose not to buy a five-axis machine, even though you had some increased production, you you had some new jobs, and you know you needed to buy a new machine tool for those reasons, plus to replace some of your old machine tools. Yeah. And we're going to talk about why you chose not to get a five-axis machine, but you're probably going to get one in the future. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But I before be we go there, I always like in making chips. You know, I always like to start us off with like this positive kickoff. And and one of the reasons that I do this is because at Zangers. During every single one of our meetings, it is a mandatory process for us to go around the room in order and share something positive going on in our lives, either personally or professionally. So the way we do this is that each person spends 30 to 60 seconds. Nobody gets the pass. I want to hear from people. I especially like to hear what's going on in their personal lives so I can you know, get to know them better, understand what they feel is important to themselves personally outside of work and also in work when they tell me what they're excited about what is positive, I start to understand what motivates them at work. And I think that that's very important. So, and it also starts the meeting off on a positive note. And when you start the meeting off on a positive note, people don't think it's about complaining. We don't, at Zengers, and I know you're probably the same way at Car. we don't tolerate complaining sessions for our meetings. We just, it's, that's not what it's there for. They're there. Quite frankly, now that you mention it, I don't, no, of anybody that well, there's a lot of companies out there to, at our company. I mean, yeah, occasionally we get aggravated, and we get we get a little stressed out, especially lately with with customer deliveries. But you're They're, there to solve issues for right. the most part. For the most part, I, I yeah. feel as though that if we communicate the issues, that it's a lot less painful. Yeah, I agree. So we want to share what's good. We want to inspire each other. We want to cultivate friendship amongst the company. And then we want to be there to solve issues and, and help make decisions for the company. So the reason I'm saying this is because at Making Chips, you and I like to share what's positive going on with us in much that same way when we start an episode of Making Chips. So Jim, what positive is going on in your world? In my world? In your world. Is this car machine or is this Making Chips? Either one. Well, I could I could say for both. Okay, so yesterday ahead. I had in a major major aerospace customer that's ready to flip the switch to it's green with car. Great. So say who it is. I will not say who oh, it is yet because I, I don't want to jinx that. it. I, know, I don't want to and I don't want to toot. But is it I, SpaceX? No, it is not SpaceX. But. That would be the next iteration of that. I'm, but, I'm actually working on some SpaceX stuff with a yeah. client, but go so ahead. So I'm very excited about that. And you know what? My whole team was there and involved. Must be NASA. No, it's not NASA. Don't keep asking. I'm why sorry. Do you keep, why I'm do just you, playing with you. I mean, I'll tell you <laughs> offline. But, no, I know. But anyway, so the, I'm excited about that. And more importantly, my team is excited about it because we all work hard together to get the customers. And it's incremental. Everyone has a role in prospecting. And when we have big wins, it's time to share. That's Car Machine making That's chips. Awesome. I'm excited about making chips. You know, 
I feel as though that we're the premier manufacturing podcast out there. I, people tell us that, and we tell each other. I so. know, and and that's okay. I believe that. We're still going strong after 151 episodes. I, I still like you. You're still my good friend. I know. And, Isn't that amazing? Uh, it is amazing. We and, and I, think, I think at some point we should talk about how this partnership works and, and yeah. how, we, how, we, I mean, how we do this There's some weeks it's not amazing, but there's... You could be a jerk sometimes. Yeah, I know I can, especially if I haven't eaten. But anyway, that's my positive kickoff. How about you? Well, as I mentioned before, I did recently sign a gigantic contract for a new ERP system, and I'm really excited about it. I think it's really going to position us for the future as a company, and it's going to put us where we need in order to service our customers in in a really efficient manner. We're going to have that e-commerce experience, that holistic 360-degree view of the customer, and I think it's just going to be it's going to be really good for us as a company. I think, and I'll probably be able to talk more about that in the future. I think that was a wise, wise decision. Yeah, I think so. Be quite honest. It made me a little nervous. So we're going with a software system called NetSuite. It's it's by Oracle, which is you know one of the biggest software companies in the world. And I think it's going to be good for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's going to push us out will. of our comfort zone, but it's it's going to be good. Before I signed the contract, I actually chatting online with your son, and I was like, hey, if, if you never had to call us again <laughs> and to place an order, you know, <laughs> would would that be better? And he was like, of course. <laughs> so yeah. so there you go. That's what the new generation wants. Absolutely. You know, they want to be able to download their own invoice is expedite their own orders, place their own orders. You know, if they have an issue, they don't even want to talk to you and tell you that they have an issue. They want to fill out a form online and say, here's my issue, solve it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that, it's funny. I, that, that's strange for me even to, you know, sometimes I, I feel the, the need to pick up the phone and talk to somebody but that's just my demographic for yeah. sure. So yeah. we want to be here in order to service customers in a lot of ways that they sure. need to be serviced, just like you do. Communication is important. Key. One of those areas of communication is through the web. It so. is. So what do you got for manufacturing news, Jason? So I think the manufacturing news is interesting. So this this actually came from a Making Chips previous client sponsor, I guess you would say. Who is a, this? A company called Machine Metrics. Oh, yeah. Let's just say, go search for one of their old episodes. It's insightful. They collect data. Yeah, I don't want to get do. too far into exactly what they yeah, do. Yeah, we don't want to. Because we don't have time for that right now. But they collect data. And one of the things that they have a lot of insight into is utilization. So in well, utilization, of course what they do. They, yeah. And they've you, got the metrics. And we, got, we've talked the numbers about, don't lie. Yeah. And we've talked about how that's one of the primary metrics for a manufacturing company to collect. And they've collected that data. And they've collected that data from a lot of companies, a lot of machines, and a lot of different types of machines. And the data that they're coming out with, it's not just me asking you, hey, Jim, what's your spindle utilization? You'd be like, well, I think it's... 65%, you know, which is just an antidote basically from you. We, we, I'm reaching you know, into the air and grabbing a number. Exactly. And the numbers that they're coming out with, Jim, do you think they're higher or lower than? Well, it's probably lower because I know that what I think in my shop, I'm wishful <laughs> and I'm hopeful that machine spindle utilization is a lot higher. But probably if I had the hard numbers, I would be very disappointed and I would probably be way over. Yeah, so it, you're right. It's it's absolutely lower, and and we're talking a big chasm. Like so, like how much? What, so what are you talking about? And what, where are you getting the, where are you getting these metrics from? Well, machine metrics. Their metrics come from the data that they've collected. So I'm I'm looking at what they've released to the public. The other numbers that I've heard, I, I've heard a lot of numbers coming from like you know industry publications, and you know they've been tracking what machine utilization is and. 
what comes from the industry publications is 65%. That sounds high. Maybe a really good shop is going to be 75%, which is really high. Machine metrics, they're saying, based on the data that they've collected, for a mill is like less than 30 Wow. For a lathe well, you know, the, is a little bit less than 40. There's a lot of different levels of machine shops out of there. Course. From a small machine shop that does but low we're talking, volume, we're talking here. like me, to a highly big production machine shop or a Swiss shop that's doing millions of parts. Yep. You know, so there's a lot of variables. Of course there, there is. There of course is. there is. But, but that's a big difference. You it know, is that's a big, it from is what different. people would commonly think is 65 to 75% utilization, 80% utiliz- utilization, what, whatever that, that high number is, to the actual numbers being much lower. Yeah. It makes you think, and I think it's good that we, we're seeing the real data because then we can make changes in order to improve that number. Because you, you don't know where you need to go if you don't know where you're at. So it's like if you really think that you're at 80% utilization, where you're like, well, I'm, I'm killing it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't need to make improvements there. But then once you see the real data, and you're like, oh, crap, I'm actually at 40 or 50 or whatever it is. And you're like, it's well, disappointing I, I could sure. put a lot more money on the bottom line by really improving this number. So I and think really, it's a good thing. It's all about that spindle has to be running and making shifts because as we always say, and you know, my dad always told me, if you're not making shifts, you're not making money. And that's the honest to God truth. There's just, there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. If the machine is sitting idle, you've invested all that money into the capital equipment. And it's there's no ROI. We've got to keep those spindles going. So what I'd like to hear from the metalworking nation is, what do you think your machine utilization is? Like, let us know. Call us, email us. I'd like to hear from you what you think your machine utilization is, if you think this is an issue. Because I really think people's perception of their machine utilization and the data that we're seeing right now... That's a big enough difference that I think people really need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to hear from the Metalworking Nation and, and let Jim and I know, wh- where do you think you're at? Have you collected the data? Do you do you have a good indication of where you're at? What are you doing in order to improve that? Okay. And Making Jim, I would love to see you, I mean, collecting that data in the future, yeah. well, too, so that you can understand better. I know you we're are. I know you are. We're, we're, we're seeing what we can do. You know, there's a lot. There's so many things going on And right we're going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, IMTS is just a few short months away. I'm super excited. You know, we're going to be there every single day. I know. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the South Building and what's going on there. What, what can we expect to see? Well, the South Building, the metal cutting pavilion oh, takes the up the one. entire thing. So you're talking all your machine tool guys. DMG, Mazak, Haas. All the big boys are going to be there. That's the only pavilion within the South building is going to be metal cutting. Because it's so big. Do you even know what a pavilion is? I do know what a pavilion is. What is is it? It's a small little house. Yeah, like like a tent or something. Yeah, Yeah, but this is is bigger than a tent. I bet you can't spell it, though. P-A-V-I-L-I-O-N. S. Pavilion. Z. Yeah. Huh? Pavilions. Go to (laughs) IMTS.com. Yeah, register now. Early bird pricing is before August 10th. Hurry up. Get your room, get reserved, get on the board, and come and see us. So let's move on to the crux of the episode, yeah. which we're going to talk about the reason you chose not to purchase a five-axis machine, and I want to just kind of dive more deeply into that. I'll try to answer 
to you and the Metalworking Nation to the best of my ability. And of course, just remember, this is my own reasons why. And it's distinctly different for everybody in every situation. But I'm just sharing my experiences. Yeah, a lot of it's going to depend on the type of parts you machine, the customers that you deal with, the the length of the runs, the size of the part. I mean, like, there's so many different factors in there. And there's also a lot of variance in five axis machines. And I think when Jim and I are talking about five axis machines, we're really talking about that real high-end five-axis machine. So we're not talking about, like, if you Google five-axis machine, you, you know, you can get advertisements for, like, a desktop five-axis machine. We're not talking about that. You no, know what I, I mean? I, we're talking about, talking a, heavy about chip a major cutting, capital equipment CNC, investment. Yeah. A, a major capital equipment, exactly. Okay, so speaking of major capital equipment, the first question I have is, you know, did you analyze the return on investment between you purchase a four-axis machine, correct? A true so four-axis. So I recently purchased a Mazak twin table 500 millimeter twin table horizontal machining center with full fourth axis capabilities okay so and and can you explain what that full fourth axis is so if in the simplest of terms if you can visualize what an impeller looks like a fan blade yeah i've helped make yeah so where you have the x y z and the, the other axis moving simultaneously at mm-hmm. the same time. It's the highest level that you can get with regards to, you know, f- the next thing is five is axis. Is the five axis. So, so does that, that, that is w- what I'm using right now. Okay, so did and, you analyze the return on investment between that four axis and the potential of buying a five no. axis? Did you, che- did you even, no. like, check the pricing for the, the five axis machine before yes. you pulled the trigger on yes. this? Yeah, so I was ready... To pull the trigger on a brand new five axis machine last summer. I know you're really excited about it. I was. And I, I am excited about it because I know it's definitely in my future. I don't know how soon it's going to be, but it's going to be definitely in my future. Probably when Ryan tells you to buy one. Maybe. For a lot of reasons, we just couldn't get the deal done. But at the end of the day, I think it was a smart move because I really didn't have a customer telling me to buy that i didn't really have an order that i could utilize that machine tool to do parts and it worked out to the best by not buying it last summer because i had a customer that came in and said i need you to ramp up your production on this particular product line over the next six months can you do that and i said yes so based on the size of that job, I knew that the best machine tool application for that particular product line would be a twin table horizontal machine tool with fourth axis integration. So it was the right fit. So they always say that things happen for a reason. So the deal fell through with the five axis and then you know, a few weeks later, my customer came to me and said, how long is it going to take you to ramp up? And I said, so you I made could, a great decision. I, well, I made a decision based on the, the, the things that were presented to me. So that leads me into my next question, which is, do you think that you are giving up opportunities now because you did not buy that five axis machine in order to take on more complicated jobs, which I, I would assume would be more profitable jobs that you could otherwise be quoting. Good question. And I would say a resounding no. 
I don't feel like I've even seen any five axis opportunities that have come my way in the last 12 months. So maybe if I did have a five axis, I could market around that capability. So maybe you'd push yourself in order to get into that market. Right. Absolutely. Just remember, it's a higher level machine tool and you have to have that high level opportunity to machine it. And we just don't have that yet. And who knows? You know, our good friend Erica Wheel and I were talking once about buying machine tools. And I said to Erica, I said, you're going to buy a machine tool, you know, with the tax write-offs that are available. And she said, you know, no. She said, if I need a machine tool and my customer wants me to buy it, I'm going to buy it. And I think that was really a good sense of urgency to say, because if you really don't have a need for it, why invest that money into it uh, and, and cross your fingers that the work's going to come? If, if you need a machine tool right now that's going to have a, an immediate ROI, do it. Yep. And, and, you know, we're not here to give tax advice. So. Not at all. No. <laughs> not at all. I don't even know what section it is. I, I did something. Know. What section 179? 179. 179. There you go. And, and consult your accountants. The, you know, as a disclaimer, Jim and I are not no, tax people, not so don't don't not listen to us as far I mean, as that. we make the we, best decisions we can for our company. and We get our own consulting as far as that goes. Okay, so moving we juggle on, enough. Are parts that only require a three-axis machine or a four-axis machine are they more expensive to machine on a five-axis machine? Well, the level of sophistication in order to run that five-axis machine is going to be more. So I would say the price is going to be more. But so your hourly rate might be a little bit higher. I would definitely think the hourly rate is going to be more. I would on agree. Five-axis, but you know, you're always thinking about matching the right job with the right machine. That's really a key thing, and we do that quite a bit at Car is we look at the job, the level of sophistication doesn't need to be run on the fourth axis, doesn't need to be run on our fourth axis horizontal tombstone, doesn't need to be run on a three-axis machine. We have some older three-axis CNC machines that, you know, the, the tolerance is just, it's a little bit more difficult to hold those, you know, tenths of an inch. So when you don't have to, when you put we on the older machine. To. Right. So we're always trying to match up the right job with the right machine tool. Okay. Do you think that part of not making that investment in the five axis machine was because you don't currently have the skill on your team in order to manage that five axis machine right now. It was definitely something I thought about because I knew the onboarding process was going to be long because it really requires a higher skill set. So, and, and not that and your I, team I think, couldn't get it. It's no, just that there's going to no. be a learning curve and they're going to it's going to slow you down to a certain degree. Right. Whereas with our new Mazak Horizontal, we were already utilizing the Mazak Smooth G control in our shop. We were familiar with the software, you know, so just it was a natural segue into horizontal machining. The onboarding process was significantly less. And it's running right now. I mean, I left. We're running a beautiful job on it right now. What about cycle times and setups? I know setups are a big part of your process. You guys machine less than you set up. So do you think that you could have reduced some of your setup times if you, if you would have had a five-axis machine for some of your Not jobs? Not necessarily. No. But, but the twin table system in our horizontal helps us, you know, because one part that's partitioned off, one part is your active where you're, where you're cutting on the tombstone where you're making chips, 
where the spindle is on and then the other side of the partition is where you're loading and reloading and reclamping the next piece. So there's minimal downtime. I know we, we you and I both kind of, we get, I don't know, we get a little, a little bit annoyed and also a little bit energized by this statement. And we've said it a couple times on making chips. So the one thing that people have said on making chips before is that if you're not digitized as a shop, in the next, I think they said five years. This was a panel discussion that we were part of, and they said, "If you're I remember not, that if you're not digitized, well. yeah, if you're not digitized in the next five years, you're basically going the way of the dinosaur." Do you think that that same correlation could be made for a shop that's doing milling here in the United States? We always want to do higher end jobs. So, do you think that if you don't have that five axis machine tool in the next five years, do you think that you're going to go the way of the dinosaur? No, not at all, not at all. I mean, there's still some machine shops out there that are probably using manual equipment. You know, I can't imagine that they're highly productive but or or highly profitable but maybe they are i don't know we've got you know going in the other direction we have some customers that run you know your traditional they have swiss machines and then they also run some turtles and gridleys and and stuff like that and they can make parts faster on those older machines than they can but that's a that's kind of a different type of machine than a mill so The, the only thing i would say and again you know i'm not here to tell people what to do i'm just sharing my experiences is, you know, push yourself out of your comfort zone. If you feel that there is a future opportunity to utilize that higher level of automation and technology, then pull the trigger on it. So you don't think this is tandem out to your dad saying, no, we, we, the bridge ports are just fine. We need, we don't need that CNC stuff, you know, 30 he years did ago. Tell me. He I know did he tell did. Me. I remember you we told me that. CNC equipment back in the eighties. And oh, we, he we, told you that you did or you did, did not? Oh, okay. He okay. did. He tasked me with that responsibility in the mid eighties. And we went out and bought our first three X of CNC and it was life changing. It was transformative. One of the most important things that you and I can do as the leaders of our company is to say no and limit the number of things that we do in our company so that we can execute properly on the things that we we do decide to to move forward with. And so, you know, limiting yourself at this point and saying, I'm not going to do the five axis machine. I may do it in the future because I need to focus on my new ERP system and whatever other kinds of initiative digitization that you're going to bring, you know, to your company. So I think not trying to take on new technology at the same time that you're taking on another new technology and another t- new technology is probably a, a wise decision as a leader. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I you have to say again, no to something. I do not make decisions solely on my own anymore. I confide in my team and collaboratively we make decisions based I on I do the that. exact same thing. You have to you because have to. I can't I, I you know, one person cannot run a company. It it is a multifaceted and multi-layered and any decision that I make is is a collaborative team decision within my company. And, you know, that's all fairly new in the last, you know, five years, but my my company's running a lot more efficiently and a lot that a lot more cleaner, if you will. Good. So so I'm gonna push you in the future. I'm gonna make sure Go you ahead. get that five access machine though. Oh eventually. definitely it's coming. I you know I just don't know if it's gonna be in six months or six years. It's probably gonna, you know, be more closer to the six month mark, but 
We'll see. I'm sure everybody would be willing to try to sell you a new machine. IMTS. We will definitely be looking at five-axis machine Oh, that's going to be a big part of IMTS oh, this year. Oh, it's going to be huge. Absolutely. There's so much there that it's a multi-day thing, and my team will be there one full day, and we're, we're, we have to put a strategy together to, to look at ERP. Well, we've got a new ERP, but cutting tools is a, is a big thing. Machine tool technology, automation. So IMTS is going to be very eye-opening to all of us at CAR with regards to 5X's automation and technology. So one of the things that I'd love to hear from the Metalworking Nation is if you did purchase a 5X's machine, what was your rationale? Like, did you measure the ROI? Did you do it because you just wanted to be ahead of the curve and you wanted to get into that market and you wanted to push yourself? Were you doing jobs that you could be that much more efficient on a five-axis machine? We, Jim and I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Please give us your feedback. We'd love to feature your question on the show. I would if ask you do your have customer. That. I would say, do you, you know, if, if you have a relationship with your customer, it should be good and you should be communicating with them and say, listen, I'm thinking about investing a good amount of company dollars into this new technology do you have that kind of work yeah do you have more because complicated if they parts? like you yeah and you're if you have a good relationship already all you got to do is ask them if if they have that kind of work that's a great idea yeah. and you know you communicate yeah communicate with your customer i've got a young team they really want to get into this new technology they, they want right. to get trained on a five axis machine i'm not sure if i want to make that investment yet and yeah they might give you that they might say you know what we're only getting, you know, uh, very limited opportunities for people to bid on our five-axis parts. Right. We need another five-axis supplier yep. for these complicated parts. Yeah. So, absolutely, yeah. that's a good, good call. So, we'd love to see you at IMTS. Check out the five-axis new machines that are going to be coming out, and we'll be there. Uh, we'll be there. Yeah, come see us at the Grand Concourse, 12 noon every day, Monday through Saturday. Bam. Metalworking Nation, listen up. Manufacturing is challenging. You need to think differently. The day-to-day -day whirlwind of urgencies, the pressure to grow, customer demands, workforce development, new machine tools and robots, the list goes on and on. It is possible to stay ahead of the game of manufacturing, but you can't do it alone. We're here to give you access to exclusive content from other leaders, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you on making chips. Let me, I was burping. Let me, let me ask that question. Sure. Go ahead. Sorry.